This is Application Paranoia, Episode 1. Welcome to Application Paranoia, a podcast about application security, DevSecOps, and AppScan. Twice a month, we aim to bring you some technical insights, assorted facts, and the latest news from the world of HCL AppScan. The underlying mission is to deliver continuous application security to the masses. I'm Colin Bell, and I'm the CTO for AppScan here at HCL Software. And with me on the panel, I have my trusty colleagues, Rob Cuddy and Chris Dewar. Rob is our application security evangelist. How are you doing, Rob? <laughs> yeah, hey, Colin. How are you? It's good to I'm be here. Very, I'm very good, Rob. How, how's things going where you are? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, it's I'm, great. I'm, I'm podcasting all the way from Waterford and Ireland. So where are you today? Yeah, and I am podcasting with you from Orange County, California, on the west coast of the U.S. Wow. And Chris is our AppScan source architect. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm doing good. Staring out my window in Manchester, uh, New Hampshire. We like to call it Manch Vegas. Manch Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Or Manch Ganistan or a bunch of other words. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, I've never been there. Um, I've been to lots of places I haven't been there, so maybe one day. Never been to Manch Vegas? Oh, man, you're missing out. Have I? So, and you're, 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 you're working from home as well today, I take it, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> much like the rest of the world. Yeah, it's a bit like that, all right, yeah. So, Colin, why do we call it Application Paranoia? Application Paranoia, crazy name, I know, yeah. So so the, the thought process here is that, we, you know, this, this podcast is all about um, application security, and all of us have been doing application security for a while. And the more we, you delve into it, the more you realize how paranoid people are about their applications and if you're paranoid about your application, you're really concerned about what we're concerned about. So it's a fitting name, and it also means that we can have a nice hashtag that, that goes with it, and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of this, I guess. So in today's show, we're going to go through a number of um, different things. We're, we're going to outline, I guess, a lot of information about version 10 um, of AppScan, which was released I guess it was two days ago or two weeks ago, I should say. Is that right, Rob? It was Friday, um, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, first week of April, right? And it went to GA. So it's yeah, probably, what, less than a week and a half old. And it's it's the first release, Chris, of since, what, it's six years since we've done a major release. Is that right? So this is the first one. It's HCL, obviously, but it's it goes back much further than that, doesn't it? Yeah, and we've packed this sucker full of a bunch of stuff, stuff uh, that we've been looking to do for many years now. Hopefully yeah. it will help us. Well, we'll go into why. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we certainly that's, that's going to be a key thing here is to talk about each of the products. And it's not just, it's you know, obviously your focus is on AppScan source, but it's also all of our other products, um, AppScan Enterprise, AppScan Standard, uh, AppScan on Cloud, all of them have had a major sort of, you know, boost of um, functionality, which is really exciting. And, you know, towards the end of this, we're going to talk to Ermi from our development team, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the common scan engine, as we call it, and which is a major feature for our on-premise customers. But we'll get to that when we, we talk to Ermi later on. 
so before we before we yeah. jump into AppScan, you know, maybe it's it's uh, it'd be really good to have a little segment on just some interesting things that you might find that's new and useful. I found out an interesting fact today. Did you know if you text someone pew pew p e w p e w that the text message comes out and laser beams come out of your phone? Did you know that? <laughs> that's news to me. <laughs> It, and it, right now, <laughs> I, I tested it. It actually works. <laughs> it's just one of those facts, you know. It's got nothing to do with what we need to talk about. But Rob, I know you have been looking at a few things, and you know, one of the great things about what you bring is that you there's lots of things around DevOps, DevSecOps, and things like that that we, you know, we that we need to be aware of, and I guess, but. but Something interesting that maybe caught your eye this week or or this month that that you might think is worth sharing with us? Yeah, yeah, Colin. There's actually a couple of cool things that um, have come out recently that are really interesting uh, in the space. One of them I actually just heard uh, on a talk this morning where somebody was talking about risk related to you know application security, and you know, and so many of us rely on patching to fix things, but um, according to the Verizon data be breach report from 2019, only about 40% of machines that need to be patched when a vulnerability has been identified um, actually have been patched after 90 days. So most of the machines that are out there are still you know, staying vulnerable for a really long time. Um, and the other thing I think is really interesting in there is when you think about the need for, for what we do, um, there's a really interesting study that came out recently that was correlating developer happiness with application security. Um, and what they found was that in the organizations where developers were happy, and, and by happy they meant that they, you know, they said yes to being satisfied, that they'd recommend their employer to somebody else, and that they had um, enough flexibility and freedom to get their work done uh, you know, on time and, and things like that. So that was what they, they generally called happy. But those guys were nearly four times more likely to have um, application security you know, and, and kind of practices that they follow. Their teams were twice as likely to have automated security tools in place. Um, and they were almost four times less likely to rely on rumors or stories and things like that when a security incident came around. Um, and so these guys, you know, generally enjoy their work. Um, and the ones who receive, you know, regular training on how to code more securely, they found those guys were five times more likely to enjoy their work. Um, and so it just goes to show that when you've got really good AppSec in play, People end up happier. You end up with better stuff. So that's kind of my fun fact for the week there. Wow, that that, that is interesting. So, so Chris, are you is the security good where you are? Are you happy? Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly just learning and understanding what it is we're expected to do and why we're expected to do it. You kind of got to get buy-in from developers, otherwise, we tend to to fight the power, so to speak. We don't like to be told what to do. We like to understand why we're being told what to do. It is an interesting aspect of, of uh, DevSecOps for sure is the, you know, not keeping the developers not being aware of what's going on, you know. So, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. But it, it's interesting that people are making surveys like that, Rob. I, I think that is, yeah, yeah, 
certainly yeah. certainly fitting and and interesting that and they had over 5000 people take part so it was a topic that that definitely resonated with a lot of folks very good very good Let's now look at AppScan News. As we mentioned just recently, two weeks ago, we, we had a major release of AppScan for all our products, all our products getting released at the same time, which is not something that we had been doing. We had been you know, releasing AppScan source um, in a different sort of schedule from AppScan standard, et cetera, or slightly different. But, but this particular release, these all went together. So what we thought we might do is just pull out some of the highlights for each of these. Um, and, you know, Rob, um, myself, and Chris will probably go through some of these and, and just talk about some of the highlights from these. Chris, maybe maybe from your perspective, and bear in mind we're, we'll be talking to Ermi a little bit later, but beyond what we might talk to Ermi about, what are some of the jump out things that you think might excite people about AppScan source in this release? What are some of the things that you were saying earlier were, you know, what you were excited about? Yeah, so the big one is we have what we refer to as the common engine, but really what that means is you get all the wonderful machine learning stuff we had to hide in the cloud. You get it now on-prem. You don't have to use the cloud anymore at all, which gives you incredible speed in terms of being able to onboard an app or triage results and all that stuff, push the button easy, I mean, that's pretty awesome. And yeah. most importantly, any new things we add to the cloud engine, almost by virtue of using this wonderful common engine, we get it for free effectively on-prem. So the next release for on-prem will have all the wonderful new languages the cloud is adding at a pretty fast clip, such as Scala that we're working on now. I mean that's it's, it's that's pretty good. I mean we we we're definitely going to get into some of that conversation later, but but it, it it's it's a major step forward in some respects, I guess, because you know we'll we'll now just have one scan engine, and that maybe doesn't mean a lot to some some of the people that are listening, maybe, but for for us to innovate on top of, I guess that's really important, isn't it? That we, we you know we we've got one focal point for um, our developers going forward, I guess. Yeah, it's a win for everybody. We get to work less because, you know, lazy developers are the best developers, and they get to get all the benefits that our less work uh, gives them. <laughs> we don't have to duplicate code, which is rife with problems, as, as anybody who's in this world knows. We just get to take advantage of one common code base, all speaking the same thing, all 64-bit, awesome stuff. Excellent. So in in terms of the... I guess some of the other releases with with our appli application security on cloud, we, we introduced some new features as well. So we've, we've introduced, um, I guess, IAST is, is the biggest thing that we've introduced there. You know, I, I have some particular views on IAST, and I, I think this is going to be a really big thing for us um, as well. Um, and, and hopefully in the, the, the one of our later episodes of this, we'll actually talk to maybe one of the developers who, who helped to put IAST in place as well. But but IAST for us is is really giving us the ability to, I guess, put into play testing capabilities when, when we're doing functional testing. You know, our IAST solution is passive, which means that we're not necessarily needing to kick off a scan. We're literally just putting a monitor onto an application server. And then while 
the applications have been run, we're we're gathering up results. I don't know, Rob, did you have any thoughts on what you think IAST might bring? Oh yeah. No, I think I think IAST has uh, a lot of potential. I mean that's um I, I've got a blog out there that, that is titled I finally got what I asked for. Um just because I think there's so much potential around uh what could be done here. You know, with with the notion of it being passive and and leveraging functional testing, it's perfect for QA teams, right? Because you can expose vulnerabilities as you're interacting with the application, so you can get more bang for the buck out of the testing that you're doing. Um, and having that sitting, sort of monitoring a running application and working with it, I think that makes uh, a huge advantage for teams being able to leverage it. Um, so I think there's a lot that can be done, you know, with with this new IAST offering that we've put out there. And the, the cool thing about it too is that the information you get from it is real, right? Because it's reporting on things that are happening as you're interacting with the with the application. You're getting real time data from folks that are doing things, so they're exercising use cases for you. You're you're not having to chase you know rabbits down a hole somewhere because of of some false information, you're getting things that you can actually lean in on, um, and there's no performance hit, right? So it's happening as it's running, it's not impeding the applications, it fits perfectly into kind of a DevSecOps environment, particularly where QA teams are trying to get ready to go out to uh, to release to production and, and looking for those final stages. Um, so there's a ton in there that that's great. And I think too, when you combine that with what we did with cloud, where we introduced the ability to have kind of what we called our slider, right? So one of the things that that bugs me so much in the in this space is how often people have to trade speed for quality when it comes to doing security scanning. So more often than not, they're trimming policies or they're reducing, you know, the the set of or subset of capabilities they're they're testing against to try to make some release deadline or fit within a build window or something like that. So we introduced that little slider capability that allows you to have the control to decide how deep you want your scan to be, um, you know, and so now you can kind of make that trade-off decision yourself with some, you know, of your own experience and what you're looking for and the stage of the pipeline that you're in. So I think that's another really cool feature that that we brought out that allows people to, you know, granularly test more deeply as they get closer to production, do sanity checks and development, um, all kinds of goodness there. So at this, at this, at this point in this juncture, I think we're, we're going to, we're going to chat to our, our guest this week, and I'm going to let Chris introduce our guest because um, he works very closely with her, and 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 we'll dive a little bit into what we call the common scan engine with her, and talk about some, some of the real key features around why we're excited about the latest version of AppScan Source. So Chris, maybe maybe you can lead us into this and introduce us to Ermi. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, Ermi is here with us today. Uh, she's been working on the AppScan source team for many years now, and she ran the Common Engine project to get it all put in, make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, and all of that stuff that we have to do when we, you know, take two disparate code bases and bring them all together. So, Ermi, uh, the big question we want to know is why do customers care? What's the some of the key reasons we brought this Common Engine thing and 
what does it matter to them? Hi, Chris. Um, thanks for having me here. So, yeah, as you just mentioned, just to put a little bit of history on it, um, I think I joined the team just when the um, ASOC static engine was, you know, uh, had just begun. A few months uh, after that was when I joined. And, um, you know, the code bases were kind of beginning to get, uh, you know, diverge at that point in time. Then that difference has grown as we have, we essentially had two products, you know, the one on cloud and one the on-prem. And obviously we needed to meet the uh, customer requirements for both. And the goal was to be able to um, improve one and the other at the same time, which is why this whole project of the common engine came uh, about was basically, you know, to improve how we work. Um, you know, that was really the key um, reason why we started this whole thing. As a result of which, we get a lot of benefits. Customers get benefits. But the main reason we started was to improve our effectiveness, to reduce turnaround time for our defects, and, you know, uh, fix it in one place, and you fix both. It was also we, we saw the benefits of the newer engine that we had designed, which was, you know, which is a 64-bit engine, and we wanted to bring that to our on-prem customers. We wanted to make sure we achieve language parity as we, you know, keep on developing new scanners. So, so Ermi, one of the key things that people will hear about, or maybe they won't hear about, but, but it's, it's really important to sort of highlight is, is some of the machine learning capabilities that are, are, are now part of that engine. And, and there's two particular things, I guess, is ICA and IFA. Is it possible for you to maybe just elaborate a little bit on what each one of those is and, and what sort of capabilities that that's going to improve for, for customers? Yeah, sure. So ICA stands for uh, Intelligent Code Analytics. And essentially what it does is it discovers a new interfaces, APIs, and it kind of does its own assessment for security impact. And what ends up happening is we get more accurate, more complete results. This applies to our data flow languages, this are Java, .NET, and C, C++. And then uh, the other portion you just mentioned was IFA, Intelligent Finding Analytics. And that is really uh, more about efficiency, kind of reduce the time that you spent on triaging and working on the scan. It's about more about giving you the most actionable findings and um, reducing your count. Yeah, so Ermi, just on that, um, so how do you think this scanning process is now going to be different for customers that are familiar with using AppScan Source? And do things change for them? Uh, the way they do things don't really change. The scanning process essentially remains the same. Uh, the results do change as a result of, you know, partly because of those two things that I just mentioned. Uh, you would still start off the same way as you started with an application and a project, which is a PAF and a PPF to scan. And then as the scan proceeds, the, you know, the messages would change slightly to what they've been used to because it would show the progress as the newer scan engine. And then at the end of it, you still get an assessment like you did before. What changes is the fact that ISA is enabled by default, so you do get fewer findings. And the findings that are removed, they would show up on as the excluded findings tab on the UI, and those uh, you'd find the findings that ISA excluded there. And each finding would show up, each excluded finding would show up with a note on why ISA chose to exclude it. I'm right in thinking, Ermi, that, that that's a 
that's a feature that's that's in AppScan source now, but it isn't currently in the AppScan on cloud. So that's a, a, a benefit even for that we, that you can look at one way or the other. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the the other products, so AppScan source for automation and the IDE scanner, um, so source for developer, are they also is this change also reflected in 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 those scanners as well? So if a customer has source for automation, they're going to get the ICA and the IFA sort of built into it now. Is, 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 am I right? Yeah, in it's that the as same. Well? It's, it's, it's integrated with the scanning engine, so it's the same scanning engine being used. You know, under um, the underlying engine remains the same. So yes, you would get those same uh, features. Excellent. So in in the customer that might be using ASOC. And, and might be familiar with ASOC, so they're used to like generating an IRX and then posting an IRX file, um, so an intermediate representation of the code, they post that up. Is that the same for on-prem? I think from what, what you just said, it sounds like they the on-prem customer still has the same experience they had previously. Is, is that correct? Yes, yes, precisely. So uh, the IRX that you speak of is kind of an intermediate artifact um, because ASOC does things in two steps, right? You generate the IRX uh, locally, and then you upload it to the cloud to do the second part of it, which is the analysis on cloud. Um, essentially, what V10 is about is bringing those two together. And so the IRX is an intermediate artifact, and the customer wouldn't really need to do anything about it. <laughs> that, is a, that is a lot of a lot we packed into that engine, or that common engine. What was one of the biggest challenges that we had to get through to get this delivered? I think the biggest challenge from a uh, development perspective was being able to, it, it was a huge project and just being able to break it down so that we could identify you know, our key pieces. We wanted to, uh, to make sure, make it in V10 in time and not make it like a completely broad open-ended project. And then the second aspect was that AppScan source for analysis is very very feature rich and customers are you know typically used to uh, using some features and functions um, such as scan configs and custom rules which don't by default are not part of ASOC and so we had to bring the that goodness in while bringing it was like you know being able to merge all the goodness together and still be able to provide um, whatever use case scenarios they were usually work, working with well I, I know for a fact there's a lot of Customers are very excited about it. Some of them helped us with the pilot program and all the rest, um, or the, the the beta program. But I know there's, there's, it's it's definitely going to help with a lot of the, the speed and efficiency, which is really what we want to do. But just one final question, and, and then we'll let you get back to to um, doing all the good <laughs> stuff that you do. But what, what is there something maybe that you're you're working on now and that Something that something that might excite us for a future release, you know. And then now that now that the common engine's in place, does that allow us to do? You kind of hinted at something, but is there something that we can maybe look forward to in the future? Oh, there's plenty to look forward to, and um, I I guess maybe that might be a good topic for another podcast. But because that that's a lot to speak about. But you know, essentially with the ASOC engine, you know, there's a lot of things happening there, like starting with Faster scans for Java. There's a lot of effort being made there. You know, pieces being put into place, which you should um, 
see as soon as they're you know completed and then um, a lot of new language support for uh, additional languages that are coming to ASOS. And there are other pieces that are you know, being thought about as well. Um, V10 was essentially about introducing IFA as an integrated feature to on-prem, but IFA itself has other you know, functionalities and features which going forward we'd want to bring to um, on-prem as well. So uh, lots to look forward to really. Um, and of course, we're you know, hoping we get plenty of feedback from our on-prem customers and uh, be able to incorporate those as well going forward. Well, look, look, thank you very much for your time and appreciate you talking to us, you know. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Yeah, I mean, th this is great stuff that I think is going to help a lot of people. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised to see how, you know, much less triaging they're going to have to do and uh, you know, being able to really pay attention to things that uh, they don't have to chase anymore. So, man. Some really good work there. So thanks for listening to Application Paranoia with Chris, Rob, and myself. Special thanks to Ermi um, for providing insights to AppScan Source. If you like our show, you want to ask some questions, please submit your comments and add the hashtag Application Paranoia. In future episodes, we, we might even read out what some of you are asking us. So join us next time where we will talk more about uh, features of AppScan version 10 more likely. Um, so for me, Chris and Rob, thank you very much. Thank you.